0: Can be no, no, no! It wasn't. Between. No, it was.
1: Either I think you were still in school, mm-hmm. or did you finish school I hadn't already? I finished school, but
2: so much has changed. I had finished school and I had plans to go to uh, graduate school, but that that did not happen.
1: So. You were planning on being a curator, I remember, and we were talking I, that about that. That was something
2: that I wanted to do. Yeah, but um, I think I was like planning to go to med school or PA school at the time. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, at that time. But yeah, that was. Curating was something that I really wanted to do at that time. Yeah, I
1: remember. You you uh, can though. I think it's easy now. You think so? Like we're like okay.
2: Oh, have we started? Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Cool, cool,
1: cool. I, I think that nowadays, especially because we're from like kind of like a niche Mm. culture in the world,
0: yeah,
1: it's easy for us to bubble up. It's easy for us to bubble up, especially in the UK. Not as easy in America, because America's big. In the UK, yes. It's so easy. I know people who move there and it's just boom. They they straight to the top. Like, I'm like, how do you and it's because of our culture is so small compared to the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. I think you can do it, especially because you're already creative. Yeah. So all you have to do is find your way to do what you do around the people who already do what you want to do. That's what most of my friends who've become what they become do. They do something they're already good at around people that already do what they want. And then they easily just become yeah, that.
2: Yeah, I guess I have to find those people then. <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah. You don't think
1: you're already around those type of people?
2: I mean, like, people that are, like, really into music and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, you're not?
2: I don't think so.
1: Mm-mm. Okay.
2: I don't think so. At least not the kind of music that, like, I'm into it that we're into I don't I don't think I know a lot of people like
1: that I remember your first mix was really dope I still listen to it I still
2: haven't made another one
1: I I I made like a mix every six months it's not that it's not something I feel like it's not something you do too much unless you're like a job yeah yeah yeah. selection or yeah Apple Music unless you're that type of person but I've I recently felt like doing it again but your first mix was really dope thank you and I'm like this is her first attempt and it's better than my first attempt your transitions were so smooth i was like whoa like i don't know where you got that from where did you where did you start like even wanting to mix where did that come from
2: um where did that come from i feel like i've always really loved music and um i just really like curating like a vibe right like i i feel like a part like in another life i would be a dj but like yeah, just like letting people enjoy the music or just putting people on different music, different sounds. Um, I've always just loved music and discovering music, and so I think yeah, just being a curator or trying to curate a vibe, just something that comes naturally or something that I'm just naturally inclined to wanting to do. So yeah. That's-
1: so what was your first like spark of cure like creativeness? Where did it come from? Because you're really dope. Thank like, you. I even have friends who I talk about you with, and they're like, oh, they didn't know who you were, but they've seen your work. And I was like, oh, oh
2: really? Okay, that's yeah.
1: That's One fire. of my friends, I was like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> that is really dope.
2: Hmm, I don't know. You know, I feel like, I feel like just, like, different things growing up. Like, my parents' old, listening, like, listening to my parents' old CDs that they would have around the house.
1: What is it like, um, Sunny oh, Day? Sunny
2: Day. Oh, uh-uh. IFLA. Like, all of them. Talk about Labby. Like,
1: yeah.
2: Um, just different sounds. And then my dad was a huge Earth, Wind, and Fire fan. Ooh. He loved Shalomar. Oh,
1: wow. Um, That's
2: dope. Yeah, just like, I guess, just growing up. and But like, when I was younger, those sounds did not interest me. That's the funny thing. Yeah. Like, but I would hear them all the time. And it wasn't until I got much older that I'm like, wait, this low key
1: kind of slap. I totally and, relate with that. Yeah. Wow. I, when you just said it, I resonated with it. Yeah. Because that's how I was, too. I used to, me and my brothers used to make fun of my, like, parents when they would listen to this, at like, one half yeah. <laughs> But then, after a couple yeah, months, a couple crazy. years, we'd be like, well, hand down. We'd be singing it on road trips, and we start singing the songs. We're like, yo, this
2: song kind of dope. crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Like, my mom used to blast Talk About Labi when she would pick us up from elementary school, and I just didn't understand the music then fast forward a couple years later that's what i'm listening to walking down the schools, (laughs) walking down the hall in high school like yeah it's crazy it's crazy but
1: i definitely think our parents have much more influence on us than we like to realize when we're young Very
2: true.
1: when we're young it's kind of like oh you're old yeah you're boring (laughs) like stop trying to tell me what to do you don't know nothing then as you get older and you start to learn you're like man you
2: had a point i'm
1: just like yeah even though you have a point and then I'm just like you. And I don't even I didn't know that yeah. I liked the things that you liked. Like I have a different perspective on it, but I resonate with the things you resonate with. Yeah. It's dope because when my grandpa died, he wrote like a um, I guess a will, but it was a poem. And I was like, really? I like poetry. I've been doing poetry since so I was like a little kid. I would write my mom poems and stuff. Oh, that's like cool. so my grandpa was doing this, and I didn't even know my mom writes music. She never really talks. My mom is so creative, but she never really talks about it. She's one of those creative people who just does it. Mm. So I didn't really think about it. But then when my grandpa died, I'm like, oh, so we are all artists. It's in the blood. It's not just a thing I just like, you I know? That, yeah. That's so dope. But welcome to Suru Said.
2: Thank you. We I got
1: lot. Oh, oh, you are? I am honored. Oh, I appreciate here, that. Yeah. I'm honored to have your presence. And I. you are definitely an inspiration to me, like I said. No, for real. And I appreciate you for coming. This is episode four of Suru Said. Tola Wale. So who is Tola Wale?
2: Who is Tola? Okay. Tola. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a photographer. Um, I feel like just all around creative in general. But I think photography would probably be my number one. My number one title. My number one title uh born and raised in Houston, Texas, still Peace based time. in Houston, Texas, southwest to be
1: exact. where's
2: um, <laughs> um yeah, that's what else? What else? What else <laughs> can I say about my... <laughs> I love music. I feel like music is my first love. Yeah. Um I love music, but I feel like I wasn't musically gifted. So I think that's where like my love for like curating, like since I can't create music, let me just put beautiful sounds together and just let people
1: vibe mm, that's so interesting
2: yeah
1: that's an interesting perspective but I think you are musically gifted
2: really you're
1: just not gifted in one of the processes of creating music because there's a there's a thing called an A&R and most DJs are a
2: I would love to be an a
1: and they like you said they're they they know the vibes, they know what people like, yeah. they know how to bring this and bring that together. And I think that's what you can do. And honestly, making music is not that hard. I've done it.
2: Are you sure?
1: Trust me. It's, it's, <laughs> once, it's just like walking, when a baby, teaching a baby to walk. They have yeah. to stand up first. You know, when I started writing music, I had to do poetry first. And for some reason I was already into it. But once you learn poetry, writing a song is easy. And then once you learn how to write a song, now you have to learn what people like. And then ultimately you just learn that people like what's relatable to them. Yeah. So you just do you. And then like it's such a it's such a circle. But I think you are gifted. Because let me tell you, that first mix that you made, oh Lord. Let me sound this. That first <laughs> mix that you made, no cap, was dope. I Thank I was you. surprised. I was surprised. I'm not gonna lie. He was like, oh, this is my first mix. I was like, oh, okay, she might just be getting into it. She said. <laughs> But then I heard that first, the first, your first selection. I was like, okay, great first selection. Great, um, like, feel on the beat of where music is and where it's going because I feel like Amapiano at that time was just really kind of yeah. emerging in Nigeria, which, yeah. of course, makes to the whole Africa pay attention yeah,
2: to yeah. it. <laughs> Amapiano. Yeah, Amapiano. Piano. Yeah.
1: Are you still in love with that piano? I'm
2: still in love with that piano. What a beautiful <laughs> creation, honestly. God bless South
1: Africa. <laughs> what sparked your interest in Noah piano? Um,
2: so, I've actually been a huge fan of like South African house music in general mm. from probably, I would say, probably like high school, junior, senior year. I got into like African house music. Um, so, yeah, just like the the beat, there's something very, I don't know. It's almost like trance-like at a certain point. Can't explain it, but mm. I'm a piano is, yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. I love it.
1: It's interesting that you say trance-like because I feel like music is such a soulish, deep thing. It's so, like, uh, for example, when you're learning something or when someone's trying to teach you something. Yeah. Like, just in a classroom or something, it might take you a couple days to get it right. Right. Unless you're just super smart. I think Nigerians be super smart. <laughs> but just in general, for the regular yeah. population, it takes you at least a week yeah. to get a concept yeah. right. But music, you might not even be listening to it. Somebody could be playing it down the hall and you'd be like, "On Story of God. <laughs> and you're like, What the heck? Where did I yeah. get this song from? I don't know what it is about music, but I think it goes deep inside of us.
2: It is incredible. Yeah, music, music is, I can't imagine like how colorless life would be without music. Mm. It would just be so dull. That's deep. No contrast, nothing.
1: That's deep. Yeah. Colorless. There's some people who say, like I think Kanye West said it: is when he's making music, he sees the melodies and colors. Yeah. I forgot what the word is for that. Yeah, I,
2: there's a word that synesthesia?
1: People, something
2: like that. Something so, like that. So something like, like that. What? That's a gift. To be able to to actually see what's happening when you're creating music or listening to music. That's that's incredible.
1: Jesus Christ. I, I I don't I don't know where that comes from. I feel like I've done it before, but I feel like I tried to do it. I don't know if it's a gift, mm. but I tried to visualize what colors would be because you know when I'm making the cover when i'm trying to promote it like what's the theme of this or that or whatever but let's get into a wise quote okay
0: because
1: i usually like to start off with wisdom but i think it's more organic to just start off talking okay (laughs) (laughs) um so our quote today is gonna be life must be understood backwards but lived forwards Mm. life
2: must be understood
1: but lived (laughs)
2: hmm wisdom 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 (laughs) um i think to me what that what that is telling me is that like once you've made it past a certain point in life and you look back every mistake that you've made every turn that you've made every obstacle that you've overcome um you would learn from them and then you just have to keep pushing, I guess, for the move forward part. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of trippy. What do you what do you think? Especially that first part. Yeah. Life must be understood backwards.
1: I think what you I think you got it. Like when you when you look back, you're like, okay. Um, for example, when you were taking your driving test to get yeah. your license, you are like, okay, instead of just pressing the gas hard <laughs> and just yeah. I have to Press it slowly and press it like, I feel like when you look back and you look at the mistakes that you made, you understand things much better in life.
2: Right.
1: But you have to, I think you just don't have a choice but to live it forwards. Yeah,
2: you have to move forward.
1: You don't have a choice because if you also, I saw this video online one time and it was a a mother duck. She was walking and she had all of her little duck babies behind her, but she walked over like a manhole cover that had holes in it
0: Mm.
1: and like two of them fell in a hole. And she panicked and turned around and went back. And then she crossed over it again and three more of them fell in the hole. So basically, to me, that's like, you can't worry about what you lost, even if it's something so important to you.
2: You can't
1: continue to look back. You have to move forward. Yeah. Because honestly, that's the only thing that's constant about life is change.
2: Yeah, that's the only thing that's constant. I feel like... If you, you also shouldn't get stuck in that journey too. So I feel like some people might look back and hate the choices that they made and just be like in a rut and stuck and not want to move forward. So yeah, just try to learn from your mistakes. See how you can move differently, approach, take a different approach to life, a different perspective. And yeah, I feel like that's what that quote is speaking to me.
1: Yeah. Do you yeah. think that there's anything that you look back on that you've learned from recently?
2: Mm. that's a really good question i feel like the power of making a decision mm-hmm. like the power of just acting on decision and not just like um going or just like perfectionism not letting perfectionism keep you still Ooh. and just acting like just Ooh. do it preach just do it i preach. i have learned that especially post-grad i have learned that um like just just go for it, just go for it. And I feel like for the longest time, I was just waiting for a sign from God to tell me where to, which way do I go, Lord? I need you to tell me a sign, or I'm gonna just sit here and wait, but this sign never came. <laughs> so um <laughs> so you know, um just there's power in just making a decision and trusting that, you know, um God, God will guide you, protect you, and, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think what you said is so relatable, especially for creatives and people whose minds move faster than the speed of light. Like, I assume yours does. Yes. Like mine. It's like when you want to do something, you're thinking about the 30 mistakes you can make. Exactly. Before you even move forward. You're thinking about the mistakes you make instead of just going forward and making the mistakes and learning and and looking back.
2: Yeah.
1: Like that quote we just said. Exactly right. Because honestly, completion is perfection. There's no such thing as actual completion in the way that man has given it the definition. But when you finish it, it's perfect. Mm. And when you consistently finish things, you go higher you get better you it get- doesn't matter and then when you look back like we said at the first thing you finish you're like okay i could have did this this and this yeah. so at my next thing i'm gonna do this this and this
2: yeah and like saying it out loud makes it seem so simple but i don't know why it's so hard to just to live like that i don't know why it's so hard i don't know
1: i think that because people that are creative and people that are um efficient like to be efficient we like to second guess before we move forward. Because like you said, like I said, the mistakes we wanna avoid them
2: yeah, as
1: opposed to just making them.
2: Yeah.
1: Because we don't realize, well, I didn't realize when I was younger that mistakes are a part of the journey. Failure is the gas station to success. If you don't fail, mm. you can't succeed. Yeah. You know, because- You can't move forward. Yeah, it's like you have to look back and learn. If you don't learn, you're gonna keep doing the same stuff over and over.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's mm. really good.
1: It is. So what are you working on right now? Right. Do you have any like um photography projects or any new mixes coming?
2: Um, I really wanted to do a mix for February. hmm But it's not over. Have to push it. It's not over. And I still could low key. <laughs> yeah. But most likely it'll probably be in March. I just don't know what kind of vibe I'm going for. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. What am I working on right now? Photography wise, I want this year to be my year of action, making decisions. I feel like last year I allowed perfectionism to just like not like I didn't have the right camera, the right lighting to do personal projects that I wanted to do. So this year I'm just I'm just do I'm just shoot. I'm just shoot and see what I create and learn along the way. Um, but yeah, I have a couple of things that I'm planning for sure um, and just excited to um, connect with Houston Creatives. There's so much talent in the city. Mm. So much talent in the city. And so I can't wait to tap into that this year. Um, And music-wise, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like for now, it's more so of like a hobby. And if I get some traction with that, I'll tap into that and see where that goes. But yeah,
1: yeah. I definitely um, agree that there's so much talent in Houston. But I don't think there's a real unity in Houston.
2: Yeah, yeah, I feel that.
1: Especially when it comes to, uh, I think that people just want credit so much mm. that they would rather do it themselves than come together, not realizing that a team,
2: you know what,
1: like, unity is what makes things succeed. Like, together we stand, divided we fall. Like, That's, come
2: on. That is so good. I feel like I low-key had to check myself on that, too, last year. I
1: think year. we all did.
2: Because... I think that was a part of the reason why I didn't do a lot of personal work. Like, that's meaningful to me was because I just, I wanted to do it all on my own, but I didn't have the capacity to do it. Mm. So I just didn't do it. I just ended up not doing it. But you learn so much by collaborating with other people. It's networking. You build friendship. You build community. Mm. Like.
1: Trust. Man, I feel like chemistry, every single championship team of any sport, mm. they have. Impeccable chemistry. Yeah. Any marriage that I look up to that lasts like 50 years, they have impeccable chemistry. They don't think the same. They don't always agree, but that chemistry, that consistency is there. It's like, I think in Houston, there's so much creative. And our culture, the Houston culture, has affected the world 10 times over. Almost every album like that I've listened to when it comes to pop. Especially hip hop, of course, but hip hop took over the world too. They slowed down their music. Yeah. That comes from Houston. Nobody was doing that. Nobody was making the deep rule. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to all them RIP DJs. TSU ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Drake. Oh, Drake. Oh, my. He loves Houston so much. People think he's from Houston. Yeah, like people think he's from here. It's crazy. (laughs) But if we just unite, man, I have this thing called THM. It's my company. Yeah, I see that. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah yeah yeah. Oh, okay. What does
1: THM stand for? Oh, what do you what do you think it stands for? I don't know. The original, I'm just gonna give you the, the <laughs> original stamp like um word was them. So it was me and my oh. friends. And it was originally called Chronicles of Them. Mm-hmm. And then I took out the E and it was T H M. But now, then I changed it to the Holy Moon, then I changed it to the holy move. Then I changed it to whatever is your interpretation. It's subjective. What do you think it stands for? You know, let's let's provoke some thought. What is what is them to you? But I think that with that, I'm going to definitely have art galleries. I want My first one, I wanted to be in A-Leaf. And it's just wow, going to be different awesome. artists in A-Leaf, such as yourself, our friends, you know, people we yeah. know that want to present their art, whether they want to have uh, digital art, photography, whether yeah. they want to have sculptures, whether they want to sing on a video and then we have a video of them singing in one room then we have a video of someone doing krav maga or taekwondo in one room but i wanted to be all a-leaf people i wanted to start an a-leaf but then it's going to be in london new york lagos i wanted to go like that because like us, like we were talking about unity is so important and i think that the biggest thing creatives have is or the biggest obstacle for creatives is not wanting to be unified because we are so anal about what we want yeah oh my i made so many mistakes like that and so many people tried to help me like and they're like oh you're so dope let's do this let's do that and then they would help me and i'll be like but you're not doing it like i want Mm. and it will always cause some type of instead of me just trusting them and building that chemistry i messed it up because i'm like no no you got to do what i say how i want I'm the prize, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think ego and pride sometimes can get in the way of just, like, making really beautiful art. So, yeah. I agree.
1: So, do you think that it's possible for Houston to become unified? And how, like, how how do you think we can do it?
2: It's so hard because Houston is so big, first of all. But I love that, like, you want to do something in, like, the Southwest region because... There should be more studios in Southwest Houston in general. Like A Leaf, Sugarland, Richmond, Missouri City, like there should be more studios. Why am I driving an hour to go shoot downtown every single time? Mm. So I feel like just accessibility mm. would just make things so much easier for creatives in different regions. Um, I feel like um, more collectives, more collectives um, where people can, like, I don't know, share information. Um education people can fellowship come together i don't know I don't know if there's anything like that in Houston mm. honestly, but I don't know if I have the answer to what can make it be more unified um because you know, like in every scene there's clicks and things like that but
1: I'm <sighs> tired of clicks, especially when it's like getting redundant like hip hop right now. Like, I love hip-hop, and I like the music, but I feel like it's getting so redundant. Mm. Duh, 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 duh. Everybody has that, duh, 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 duh. Everybody has mm. that flow. And if you're singing, your singing sounds like Future. Mm. And what his singing, or it sounds like Drake. Or it sounds like, you know, like... But artists, like, that really try to take advantage of it, like, and be different, like Masego. I don't know if you heard of Masego. I love Masego. Oh, my goodness. He doesn't him. try to do the same thing right. over and over, and I love that about him. I love artists like um what's his name? Um Smino. Fire. You know what I'm saying? He don't yeah. try to do the same stuff over and over. It's almost different every time. I feel like they kind of took that from Kanye, like mm. different every time. I'm yeah. not doing the same thing yeah, over and over. Yeah, definitely is the king of that. Yeah, and that I feel like that's what clicks breed is that mm. uniform we're doing this and it never changes yeah so in five years your album sounds the same as your first album
2: yeah yeah definitely i think sometimes particular styles become cool because of the click that is making it and so everybody everybody wants to be cool everybody wants their work to be recognized so they make Mm -hmm. work like that instead of work that's true to them um
1: man that pop music thing like where something becomes popular and everybody starts doing it mm. it's cool for six months
2: yeah but I think that's what makes true well not true artists but I think that's what makes other artists stand out more mm. um, because I feel like it's naturally human for us to sort of follow the crowd and things like that but work that is work that is unique different mm-hmm. that's what makes you that's what makes people stand out as artists so
1: yeah um, yeah, yeah. What, so what do you think makes you stand out
2: as an artist yeah what do I think makes me stand out honestly I feel like I can't answer that question yet. (laughs) I feel like I haven't made enough personal work Mm. to, like, work that I designed myself, work that I got the model, styled myself, things like that. I haven't done that enough to say. But I think for me, the way that I portray Blackness, for me, I feel like that's really something that is important in my work. And I want that, I want people to. To be able
1: to see that, notice that in my work. So, hey, yeah. ja no de karila, as they say. <laughs> I feel like I can say what I think makes you stand okay. up. You know, from this outside, I think your perspective is different. I don't think I've ever seen um, work from a perspective like you bring it. And not saying I've never seen work similar, mm-hmm. but your perspective is unique. Um, I also think the way that you approach photography is unique too like um, for example like the tones you use like the choice of theme for yeah. your work i don't i don't think it's common especially in houston yeah i think most things in houston are pretty prim they wanted to be perfect they wanted to be industry you know which is going to die but yeah that's what I think about your work.
2: Thank you. Yeah. That means a lot. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Do you ever print your, your pictures?
2: I want to, but I haven't. I have not yet. I well, definitely want definitely to. You definitely should. Yeah. Because
1: we so we can do this uh this yeah. art gallery. <laughs> I would love
2: I would love to do an art show for real. Like that's a goal of mine for sure. Especially Me too. With all the work I plan on doing this year.
1: Me too. I think that your first show is important.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I cannot wait for that day sure but we got to make the work first
1: so that's true so do you do you have any um specific like ideas that you think you want to do for your first exhibit or your first kind of um thesis yeah there's
2: i have like i have so many ideas that i've written down but i think one that i would love to do would be something centered around like um I know that this has probably been done like a million times before, especially by Nigerian Americans, but something about like my perspective growing up as a Nigerian American. um, I know it's been done before, probably cliche, but nobody has seen it from my perspective. So I'm gonna do it. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm just figuring out a way, like just being so Nigerian and so Houston at the same time, I really want to figure out a way to merge that with like fashion Culture um, and style. So yeah, I'm really excited to start that.
1: You don't even understand how similar what you're saying is to what I want to do. Really? I've been looking at this black ish. They have one like it's kind of like a Chinese-ish mixed. Really? Mixed-ish. All stuff, but I don't think there's a Nigerian American-ish. And if there is right now, people are getting under, they're getting like acclimated to Nigeria right now because the music is coming. Yeah. But our perspective, and I think Toby Nguigwe is kind of the first yeah. baby of what we're talking about right yeah, now. definitely. He's Nigerian, but he's Houston to the so. bones. He, yeah. You know, exactly. that is a whole, there's a whole culture of that. Yeah. And I've been my whole life, I've always told people I've been too African for black people. I've been too... American for Nigerians, Mm. I've been, it's like I'm too proper for the hood people. I'm too hood for the rich people. It's like nobody really gets my perspective, so I got to preach. I got to tell people, yo, listen, being Nigerian and American, having your mom come from an affluent African family and your father kind of coming from like a struggle situation Mm -hmm. in Nigeria— that that's not a normal thing because in our culture, it's kind of most of marriages, most marriages are kind of like arranged, yeah, between people from the same oh, between people from the same <laughs> class or yeah. a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do you
2: definitely? I feel like I feel like for me, the perspective that I would try to get it at, um, it would also be an exploration of my yorubanness mm. living in the U.S. and like being raised by parents who spoke Yoruba to each other every single day, but turn around and speak English to their kids. So we have not. And so just like, just like the process of me learning more, like learning my culture back in a way it feels like. Um, and so I would definitely be exploring that a lot as well. Um, that is so So yeah, crazy. just different elements of Nigerian-ness from a from an American perspective. And in a way that's not, like, super cliche or surface level. Um, Because I I feel like a lot of of Nigerian Americans tend to tackle that subject or, like, limit limit it down to, like, jollof rice or uh, what else do we talk about? Which is not
1: even from Nigeria.
2: As in, like, (laughs) jollof rice (laughs) or their parents wanted them to be a doctor, da-da-da-da-da. Like, there's just so much more to... um, the culture than things like that. So just yeah. Just making it more deep. Yeah. Surface uh not surface level. And uh yeah, yeah. Just having a lot more intimacy in my project. Um so we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that
1: goes. I appreciate that so much because I relate so much. And I feel like our parents don't really there's just something about Nigerians when it comes to art. And I don't understand it, honestly, because Africa is where art comes from. <laughs> so I, well, you know what? I kind of just had an epiphany. Maybe it's because art is just normal. Like mm-hmm. our clothes are art. Our yeah. language is art. It's really a mu- mm. It's really music. Yoruba is like a melodic language. Like like my name is Ayo Deji. You know, that's yeah. how they say it. So it's a song. My name is a song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like maybe art is just so eh. To our people that it's like, that's what you want to do? Is this your life? That's what they be saying. Really? You want to do art? You want to do art? Like,
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's also a lot of our parents come from a struggle background, a much more difficult uh, background. I think we have the privilege of like being able to not struggle and just like explore different things that we want to, whereas they just had to like work to survive. So I think from their perspective, they just want us to be okay at the end of the day. But um yeah, I don't know. There's so many ways that you could look at it, but I think I don't know. I don't know. There's just so many different ways that you could look at it, but parents typically they will be okay and they'll 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 conform to like they'll be they'll accept the art that you want to do eventually.
1: Honestly. Yeah, I think when the money starts rolling in and the influence affluence yeah. when when people start being like, that's oh, it's, typically... it's your daughter, they'll be like, oh, yeah, of yeah. course, that's, that's me. That's all me. You know, that's how they, I definitely think that um, you're right. Um, even being affluent and wealthy in Africa is a struggle. Even, even being like able to eat every day is a struggle, even if you have the money because of dealing with highway robbers, dealing with yeah. the cops. The government is always trying to take something from you. I definitely understand that they—I feel like most of our parents, when they come to this country, their perspective is, you're going to be successful here. That's why they don't care to teach us—well, most of them don't care to teach us the language. My mom is exactly the same. I ask her all the time, why didn't you teach me Yoruba so I could know it and and be able to go back and forth without having this accent? And I could just—instead of having to learn how to switch to the pigeon and learn how to switch to the Yoruba— like I would just be able to know it, and I feel like her answer ultimately is, "I want you to be successful here. You don't need to know that much about Nigeria." And I think for women, especially, because I have a really good relationship with my mom. Me and my dad are cool. I don't think I think African dads are just different in, in general. But well, we—that's a whole another podcast. <laughs> but I think women in general in Africa see it differently. Their perspective is different because just being a woman in a world in general is yeah. more dangerous, right? but then being a woman in Africa is even more like
2: yeah
1: you're you're a prized possession you're so valuable kind of like like a bank like yeah. <laughs> you have to yeah. think about your life like a bank you know yeah. Yeah. so i feel like her perspective of Nigeria is not really the best she loves it of course mm-hmm. but you know there's a, there's a saying that people say people that are born outside of Nigeria that are Nigerian are more in love with Nigeria oh, yeah, I than that people in... That's
2: also something I want to explore in my work, too, because it's it's very true. It's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, a lot of parents just didn't think... And I feel like it's a very like, specific thing to Nigerians. Like, not kids not being super in tune with their culture or language like that. Like Indian kids, they speak their language. Chinese kids, they speak their language. Korean, Ghanaian. Most of the Ghanaians I know speak tree fluently. Mm. Um, I feel like it's a very unique thing to Nigerians. Um, It's interesting. I don't know why, but when I ask my dad, he apologizes all the time because he realizes that, um, like, your kids will grow up with an identity crisis at some point because they're stuck between two worlds and they don't know should they be Nigerian, should they claim this, should they claim that. Like, Uh it really does cause an identity crisis. At some point, and the kid either leans <sighs> to one side heavily or the other, and so,
1: yeah. That is, I just I got a snap for that. <laughs> that was that was a good one. That, we're gonna clip that. We're gonna yeah. clip that. I, wow, um, wow, yeah. I think um, an unrealized identity crisis. Hmm. It's interesting that you say that because. I've been having this discussion with my friends cause I have a lot of American friends. I have a lot of Nigerian friends. Yeah. And like I said, I'm never too, I'm yeah. never too black for the black people. <laughs> I'm never too African for the, and maybe that made an identity crisis in me to where I'm like, okay, I'm creating something else. I'm Nigerian American. Yeah. And then when people say, like when um, some black people say I'm African American, I'm like, no, you're not. You're literally African. Mm. In America But I'm African American You know what I'm saying Because they didn't choose To come here I feel yeah. like if you don't Choose to come here You shouldn't claim that place As your identity That's what I feel That's what I tell mm-hmm. them sometimes But then again That might be my Crisis in me talking Yeah, That might be me Just trying to Define them For themselves Instead of define myself Yeah. Because who am I Yeah you know?
2: it's, it's a real thing I'm telling you It's a really real thing I feel like you see it These days On like Just like gen z younger kids like being nigerian has social currency these days so kids who don't even know like what state their parents come from in nigeria are just saying like they're so proud of being nigerian and it's like their entire identity but they don't know anything really deeply about the culture but it's like it's the cool thing to be so they're just gonna be that thing and it just becomes their entire identity but there's no real connection there's no real connection So I don't know people I feel like I see a lot of kids just hold on to that thing, but I don't know like there's there's more to you than this one thing, you know, there's Mm. more to you, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's really interesting. It's a very interesting thing and I'm interested to see like how our kids are gonna how our kids are going to identify or struggle with that, especially because our parents did such a horrible job of passing that baton. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting.
1: That's dope that you say that about Ghanaians, Indians, because you're so right. Yeah. I've met so many Indians. Like I do logistics mm-hmm. um, when it comes to business. And I know so many Indians and their kids are born here and they're speaking the language fluently. They yeah. literally, their whole aura gives Indian. They don't yeah. even seem like they're born. They were born here. Yeah. I don't know why Nigerians, I don't honestly, it might be the British. Oh, definitely. The British influence on us.
2: I blame us. the Brits 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I blame the Brits.
1: Oh my goodness. I yeah. I um
2: colonization really did a number on a lot of African.
1: Yes, countries. and there's something more powerful about Nigeria. Some people might say I'm being biased, whatever. <laughs> but there's something powerful about Nigeria and how it influences other cultures because I even I got into Uber one time mm-hmm. and the guy was like, "Oh, you're Nigerian?" I was like, yeah, I think he was Colombian or Puerto Rican or something. Mm. He was like, oh yeah, in my country we use Nigerian voodoo or something. I was like, get me out of here. boy. Drop me I off. Know. What are you? What are you talking to me about, bro? It's but but when I started thinking about what he was saying, I think there's Yoruba um, people in Brazil, yeah, Colombia. There's Yoruba people America. in South America. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, why is why don't I hear about Tanzanian people? And because there were slaves taken from almost the whole West West Coast, Ghanaians syrian all these, why don't I hear about those people? There's, I think there's something different about Yoruba people specifically and then about Nigeria too. There's something special because why didn't they lose their culture over hundreds of years? They still speak Yoruba and I can't even speak it. And my parents are from, you know what I'm
2: saying? It's like, what's? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I think. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like these, there should be like books. I'm sure there are books written on this but um yeah the transatlantic slave trade colonization the way that culture travels diffuses migrates like there's just so much that we don't know and um you know i just i want to explore those things in my work too Mm. i want to do work around like you know cellar churches yeah and like how kids oh my gosh this is perfect like a part of like something i really admire about kids who grew up in cellar churches they speak Yoruba fluently. They are so in tune with their culture. They can play almost any instrument in that church. Um, and just, like, the way that they are connected to their culture. Um, because Sela is, like, Christian, but it's heavily influenced by, like, traditional religion and, like, the way we practiced before then. So yep. I think that's so interesting.
1: Yeah. I think that's so interesting. Wow. Oh, so, I never thought about that.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. I love it. So, yeah.
1: That's so interesting that you bring that up because hmm now we're getting into a whole nother arena <laughs> religion in nigeria is so interesting religion in nigeria let's just specifically talk about christianity so there's catholics mm-hmm. there's um uh what is it? Sele, yes. there's protestants most are protestants mm-hmm. either charismatic yeah. Or, you know, Most you know what I'm saying? Most are charismatic. That's why you see all <laughs> these crazy videos where a dude telling people to eat grass and all this. Oh, it's, it's just crazy. But when you talk about celed churches, I feel like a lot of people that are Protestant, like me and my family, we don't like that cele stuff because yeah. that traditional aspect. Yeah. And they say that it's really like voodoo and a lot of like yeah. supernatural, like, Illegal things, I will say, going on there. (laughs) But I feel like you can't run from that. Especially since we are Nigerian. Mm -hmm. We can't run from like supernatural things. Because Africa is so supernatural. Almost every Nigerian movie my mother watched... When I was a kid, had some type of witch, wizard, spell, something going on in it that made me just think this is a normal part of life. And I don't think that's a coincidence. That's just how it is there.
2: Yeah, I feel like so. I feel like a lot of Nigerian Christians view traditional religions as like inherently evil or demonic, which I don't think that's fair. Like I'm a Christian, but I don't think that's fair because I refuse to believe that before colonization or the introduction of Christianity in West Africa, that everybody was just practicing evil. Like like we weren't just ordinary people that believed in what we believed in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of Protestant um, Christians don't even realize how much our charismaticness is in, like how much that's influenced by our traditional religion, even in the way that we worship. There's one song with... Um, there's one worship song with a guy from Maverick City featured on it. Do you know the song?
1: I forgot the uh, name. Is it, he's with a Nigerian artist? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Chandler Moore? Yes. He's with yes. somebody. I don't remember. Towards who. the end of that song? I think it's Victor. This guy, is, he sings a lot at Apostle Joshua Selma's church. I know who you're talking about. Is it Joshua something? I
2: think, I think it's, it's like right.
1: Victor's I don't remember his name.
2: I think this one's called Olorong Agbaye or something like that. But there's mm-hmm. a there's like a chant towards the end of the song where she's essentially praising God. Mm-hmm. And that comes from nothing else than the way that we would praise your about God's like back in the day. Like it's beautiful, but like that's culture. Like it's just the style in which you worship. I don't think we realize how much of that is influenced by that. But
1: you're so yeah. right. Even the intensity how we worship and how and the way we pray oh my goodness there's always a night vigil yeah an african church you you want to go to you want to go to a night vigil every day in nigeria you could do it if you literally were homeless you could just go to night vigil to night vigil to night vigil to night vigil because the intensity of how we believe in god is just different yeah and i know so much about this but we're not gonna this another podcast (laughs) but the way that language has evolved is so um influential in um everything but especially when it comes to religion because like you said the way we say Mm -hmm. the way we say um all of of these words that we use for god are came from the way we used to talk about
2: other gods other gods which
1: are fallen angels we're not going to get into that but (laughs) they are they are we're we're not going to get into that but they're evil but it's not like you said, the intentions of these people were not to be evil.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They were just taught something. For example, someone who who worships the devil goes to satanic church. That was a six generation witch. She's not. She doesn't think she's evil. She was just taught this, so she inherently just does this.
2: But if you worship the devil, you you are evil. Like you know, you're being
1: no. The devil is in they the don't reality. see it that way. They see God as the false god. I'm trust me. If you you a kind of like vision into this is if you watch the show on Netflix called Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh no, I haven't watched that yet. If you watch it, they really have a satanic church, and you see how they call God the false God and they call the devil, but they know God. The but devil are they came doing from doing
2: bad things though. Like to things- them,
1: no. To them, it's regular life. For example, if you, if you were raised every day and your mom slapped you, your dad mm-hmm. slapped you, you slapped your mom, you slapped your dad. <laughs> And then you went to school and you were like, you loved somebody. You fell in love with somebody. And then you Mm -hmm. slapped him and he broke up with you. You wouldn't understand what's going on. Right. You would think this is normal. Yes. So I'm not saying what they're doing is right. I'm Mm -hmm. saying that this is what they were taught. And when you're taught something, especially generationally, it's going to take God to get you out of that. Like Abraham came from the father of um, Christianity as we know it, Mm -hmm. came from idol worshippers, wizards, witches, He came from that, but God told him to leave from that. But if he didn't have that supernatural inclination, he wouldn't have known what the heck was going on, and he wouldn't have left. But the fact that he left means that, first of all, he had some supernatural inclinations already. Second of all, he knew that what they were doing was wrong, but they all were still doing it. And when you really get into it, his father was supposed to leave, but his father didn't listen to God. His father wanted to keep worshiping this other stuff. We to get too deep into that, but yeah, like I'm saying, when they when they're taught all of this stuff, I don't blame them. But back to the point, Nigerians really like crazy. We're, I feel like we're the most on fire Christians on Earth because of the way of where we came from, and they were on fire for these these. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Show Ogun. Oh my goodness. Oshun is having a real Have you heard about this? What? She's having a real emergence Like Summer Walker We're talking it's about Oshun
2: yeah.
1: uh, Erica Badu Beyonce
2: Yeah
1: Beyonce
2: Yeah That
1: is I Man I don't know I don't know But yeah The way we used to worship them is With the same intensity I feel like we worship God now
2: Yeah
1: Yeah That definitely. prayer That There was something else you said That I wanted to talk about too Oh, the way you say that people don't really have a connection to Nigeria, but they just, I feel like the identity crisis thing.
2: Plays a huge role in that.
1: It plays a huge role in it. And I feel like it stems from colonization. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to, now that we are more educated about colonization and imperialism, we don't want to be like these colonizers. So there is the genesis of the identity crisis. Because we live like them, we talk like them. Mm-hmm. We don't even know our well. We didn't know. I feel like we. Know, I feel like we have a better understanding of our language now. But we didn't know our language.
2: Yeah.
1: But then we're being told these people colonized you, raped you, pillaged, took everything. That that identity crisis stuff. That's a deep. I feel like that's gonna breed some beautiful art. And you're making yeah. me want to delve into it too. Yeah. I think I already have kind of unconsciously. But now that we're talking about it, it's like, man, that is, like, a big part of my life that I didn't even really think about.
2: Yeah. I think it's also why, like, (laughs) Nigerian-Americans are deemed to be, like, by the diaspora, I guess, or Nigerians in general. Just, like, I guess the way that we outwardly express our cultural pride, it's often deemed as, like, superficial. Or, like, you know, Mm -hmm. Yvonne Orji? Yeah. You know how she sometimes, whenever she does her stuff... She sort of gets clowned in a way. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, it just, I don't know. Sometimes it just feels empty, like our expressions. Um, but mm. people don't necessarily understand that our Nigerianness ness is more so of a cultural experience and not so much a lived experience. Mm. And so, yeah, I feel like through my work, I want to encourage people to learn more. Try to engage more in your culture. Learn a little bit more about your culture. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like it's just me kind of going back in time, exploring my roots, where I come from, um, mm. and just like Yorubanness in general. As a Nigerian-American, as a Christian,
1: um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, mm. it's interesting that you say that she gets clowned and she's a comedian, so she is a clown yeah. It's it's funny, <laughs> it's funny when um, she talks about a lot of stuff, and she always says "me a whole me." Like yeah, just honestly, like, hey, I just didn't know in- I didn't know what "me" meant for a long time. I was just saying like, but then she said it's a whole me. I'm like, oh.
2: Yeah, That's that's dope Like, who is still saying Foolish goat jokes In
1: 2023 Uh, (laughs) Come on Yeah that was more Like a 90s thing Our parents used to say Like
2: there's more There's so much more But
1: then again Just to play devil's advocate Mm -hmm. She's bringing it To a different audience They don't understand Like our dads Usually it's a dad Saying that
2: Yeah
1: Like my mom said it too But (laughs) She's bringing it to She's bringing our perspective To the white people, the whites, pretty much. Yeah, that's what like it is. We,
2: I feel like we've moved past that. Like, that's that's Michael Blackson-era comedy.
1: Mm.
2: You know, like, we've moved past
1: that. I understand. I, feel like, you know? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the comedian, like, Basket Mouth, I think there's one, a, one guy called I Go Die. They don't talk about that really like that.
2: Yeah, and I know she's Nigerian-American, so it's probably more different to, like, Basket Mouth-type
1: comedy. But I don't Yeah, know. but I she think... was born in Nigeria, though.
2: She was born in Nigeria, but she... She's Nigerian American, like yeah. she has no. She's real, kind of the epitome
1: of Nigerian American. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah.
2: So, and there's nothing wrong with that because I totally get, just not being super into your culture, but, I guess, yeah.
1: I Speaking of that, what do you think about these elections?
2: <sighs>
1: Why do Nigerians get so crazy around election time? What is
2: that about? I feel like it's, it's the, <laughs> it's the people that are trying to get elected that make it so crazy. Elections are in what five days.
1: Yeah, something like that. It's quick. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Like
2: I'm genuinely scared. <laughs> I do not know what is gonna happen. Um, who do you want to win? Who do you?
1: I'm not gonna lie. I don't even know who's running. Like that. Mm. Like I know people, but I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say somebody's name, Game. and then people are like, Ah, he's. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a drug dealer. <laughs> he's a. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't want to. I don't even like getting in the middle of American politics mm. because it's such a circus. Yeah. And I feel like Nigeria is 10 times worse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, honestly, Nigeria is better to me because, honestly, I like when the truth is known. America, the truth is not known about the corruption and all. The truth just isn't known. It's coming out, but it's not known. But in Nigeria, it's known. It's a it's the truth yeah. is out. So it's, I don't feel like that's it's as bad, but...
2: But then like more than half of the population live in horrible
1: living conditions. In- yeah. But it's kinda like these politicians kind of made themselves a class yeah. as opposed to the governing body of a country. They're kinda like, oh, the government class. Like
2: Yeah, so yeah, I just think it's mind boggling that you would you would get into government, right? Become a government official the duty or the job of somebody in government is to serve the people. That is not what you do in the slightest way possible. So it's interesting. I don't know. I definitely think that Nigerians in Nigeria cannot afford to, like, not care as much as we can. But I hope that Tinubu doesn't win. But I feel like he might. That's the old man that's running. I just feel like rest. Just rest. You know?
1: (laughs) What is is it about old men... don't wanting to be in the government even donald trump i think he was the oldest president of all time then joe biden became the yeah, old pre- the God. next president after him became the oldest president of all time as so as was the next dude gonna be in the in the casket running the country come on like what what is going on why do these old men not trust you know what it is i don't think they trust their legacy they don't trust that they've taught the young ones, how to do things like because why are you at ninety four trying I to think? Be... It's
2: just a power thing. I don't know. But are he you still a very even... accomplished Um politician? If that's what you would call him, but I don't Gangsta. know. Yo, no, literally, literally. <laughs> don't let For my nephew say that. But oh, yeah. oh, he wants him to win. Yeah, what we fight all the time about
1: this, but definitely. Oh, I'm I'm Ob gang, but I don't I don't know. So I don't know what Nigeria going to do when them aliens come over there like they're in Canada right now. You know, <laughs> have you heard about them and shooting down this stuff?
2: I saw the balloon thing, like the balloon.
1: But then they also talked about some foreign objects that they shot down that they can't find. Like uh, the in other... In
2: Canada?
1: Yeah, in Canada. I think it was like five objects in Canada that they couldn't find. Like, what is Nigerians going to do when aliens get to Nigeria? Like How's that even going to work if aliens even are real? How
2: aliens even go to Nigeria? There's
1: nothing there. I mean, it's not that far from the Congo, and the Congo was Wakanda, so you know <laughs> they're gonna make their way to Nigeria. Did you see those those electrically charged rocks in the Congo?
2: Is that a real video though? Like, are
1: those? I I don't know if it's a real video, but I believe it because physics is crazy. Like when I mm-hmm. see different physics physics professors doing experiments,
2: yeah,
1: I'm like. If they could do that, why couldn't rocks be electrically charged? Man, the earth is a big rock. So, you know, like, gold is rocks. Diamonds is rocks. Yeah. So why wouldn't there be some electric rocks somewhere? How did the Egyptians have electricity? You know, it's just a lot of stuff that I'd be thinking about that's like, yeah, I, I, I think it's a possibility. Do you think it's fake?
2: I just haven't seen anything confirmed that it's real. But a lot of videos circulate the internet. I don't know. It could be real. It could be real. But I feel like, why are we just not discovering in twenty twenty three?
1: You know what I mean? <sighs> yeah, it's interesting because they say we've discovered like five percent of the ocean. I think don't, we've discovered don't it on the ocean. I feel like we've discovered like thirty percent of the land in Africa. I feel like a lot of the land in Africa is remote, and there's a lot of stuff there. There could be, even be. Bigfoots in Nigeria Or in Africa Somewhere Like in the Congo especially Because they say It's real thick forest mm. There could be Bigfoots There could be Bigfoots. What? Lion people Werewolves It could be all types of stuff In the world That we don't know about So I don't know mm. I don't know What do you think about Um AI Artificial Chat GPT Have you tried Jet? See Chat GPT?
2: I've heard of that I, I'm a, I'm a UX designer I don't know if I told you that Oh No you didn't and I've heard about you chat GPT, but I haven't fully is it where they can like create conversations or text? Something like that?
1: So chat GPT, you could pretty much create anything. Like you could be like, okay, Chat GPT, like tell me how to start a podcast. And it will name the podcast, give you points to talk about. That's
2: scary. Yeah. That's scary.
1: Yeah. Wow. There's some art there's some art, um, artificial intelligences like Chat GPT where you could put in give me a, yeah, seen a Leonardo da Vinci type art piece and it'll make it and it'll I've be nice. You can
2: claim it as your own? Or? You
1: can claim it as your own, but I think there's technologies that can detect that is chat, that is AI. Wow. So you can, I mean, you can claim it as your own for now, but in the yeah. future, someone's going to be like, this was made with AI. Oh wow, But wow. is that even going to matter? I don't for know. Artist? Yeah, I think, honestly, for me, I think the way AI is going, just like how... Mm, For example, the microwave made Mm -hmm. cooking a little obsolete. Not really, yeah. but it's kind of like a microwave. More convenient. Like people still cook, but Mm -hmm. people use the microwave. Right. I think that's what AI is kind of going to be. But what's kind of worrying for me is how it's going to affect the workforce. Yeah. That's what's worrying for me. I don't
2: know if it'll necessarily... Okay, it will affect the workforce naturally because if you have this technology that can do something... And you don't need people to do it, I'm sure that, you know, things will probably shift or change. But I think that just means we have to sort of change or evolve with the times. So if that's learning about AI and how to how you as a human being can be useful. Um, because I mean AI comes from human beings. Facts. So yeah.
1: I so without know. us, is it obsolete? Yeah. Yeah, like I pretty much. It's yeah. To
2: help us. So I feel like you just have to change with the times, honestly. But it is kind of scary. It is.
1: Yes, like um cryptocurrency.
2: Crypto. Huh. I
1: like got that in
2: 2020
1: and then just never. Yeah. that might be when we met then. Cuz I was into it in 2020. I remember
2: you telling me that
1: you're
2: interested. Yeah. <laughs> how was it going.
1: <laughs> yeah, so honestly it's the future. It's you the think future. So? Yes, there's three or four countries now have made Bitcoin their one of their currencies that they use <laughs> to transact. Yes. I think that in Africa more Africans use cryptocurrency than their actual um like I know
2: it's big in Nigeria.
1: It's so. big in Nigeria. It's big in a lot of countries in Africa because their currency is kind of becoming worthless mm-hmm. and the dollars go following in that those footsteps too. There's eventually. even
2: a lower scarcity in Nigeria. Right
1: See? So they're going to start using crypto. They're going to start using crypto. Mm-hmm. But the thing with crypto is it's kind of like it's so easy to manipulate, I think. And it's also kind of like... It's
2: not stable enough. It's
1: not stable and it's so... It's so like the government can make one today and then make another one tomorrow and say, y'all use this one. These people use this one. That's kind of where... It
2: appears too corrupt, I feel like, for that to be like a staple currency. Like, even with our currency now, like, people cannot get, like, cash because I think they introduced new notes into the... Oh ecosystem. yeah, yeah. And so, like,
1: you they know, say have you people can't use writing. the
2: old ones. Yeah, they can't use the old ones, but there isn't enough cash, so people can't get money from their banks. And like, there's just a lot going on. I don't know what what is happening in that country. God, <laughs> please help your people. But um, yeah, yeah, it's insane. But crypto, I do believe that crypto has a, like a really, it's gonna be very um, have a very big presence in the future. I don't know about now. I feel like people don't really understand it yet It's sort of like a mystical thing Like how can this Internet coin thingy Have any real value It's
1: you know funny I mean? because the reason why I actually Got into it was because I knew a lot of people Who were already into it a long time ago And I yeah. just thought that They were scammers so I'm not <laughs> about to use This thing the scammers using. using yeah. And then this thing that the scammers are using now Is worth $70,000 a piece yeah. When it used to be 25 cents for four or something like that now it's $70,000 each so these scammers are now rich Mm. it's it it was it's crazy but when you talk about big presents I thought about the Rihanna Halftime show oh yeah what did you think about that I just feel like it was kind of what did you think about it
2: (laughs) so I was just happy to see her performing on stage yeah um and just singing in general yeah I I so I was just like, for me, the movements were not moving. But then I realized that she probably is pregnant. I didn't know if it was like postpartum situation, but she was pregnant. But um, yeah, I didn't think it was bad. Obviously, you know, she's not Beyonce, not to compare. But like, I didn't think it was bad. She was yeah. pregnant, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean,
2: she was on that little thing really high-
1: she tried, she tried. She tried. She tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I agree with that. Like I was judging it hard until I saw her stomach. Yeah, I was judging it so hard. Like, yeah, I was what?
2: like, babe, can we? Is this, this in- a
1: halftime the- show? Like the week? <laughs> I think last year was the weekend, right? I think and so, he yeah. did a whole crazy theatrical, yeah, walking through the mirrors and all other stuff he was doing. I'm like, Rihanna, what? Then I saw her stomach. I'm like, oh, so this is her popping out? Yeah, with the belly and all of that, like. Yeah. God bless you, Rihanna. But the dancers,
2: the dancers definitely
1: did. They they did their thing. They did they, thing. they did their they thing. Did they thing. They they had to do their thing. They didn't have a <laughs> choice because they were the main part of the show. Yeah, man. Somebody tried to tell me the dancers were semen, and Beyonce. I mean, and Rihanna was that was her way of popping out. That's why they had white on because the the they, that was what? the baby. And I'm like, no, that's the I don't craziest. Think they were that hard. Somebody said People that that's what they said. I'm like, yo, that, what that is... is that? That is crazy. Maybe they were just trying to be funny. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So... <laughs> wow. So, um, what's something you're interested in that's going on in the world right now? Other than what we've already talked about.
2: Something interesting
1: that's going on. Yeah. Or just something that you like to talk about, think about.
2: Hmm.
1: What is Tola into?
2: Recently... I've been like doing a deep dive into different genres of music. Mm. So, for instance, who uh, you know, Jay Electronica.
1: Yeah. What? yeah.
2: what? I remember liking him when I was younger, but recently I've just been like rediscovering his discography, and um, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. When
1: incredible. when you want to talk about poetry, yeah, he is real rap rhythm and poetry.
2: Yeah, incredible.
1: Oh my Incredible. god.
2: Oh my Wait, god.
1: Wait, is that what rap means? Is that rhythm and means? poetry? No way. Yes. You're joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes, yes. I was telling my mom that the other day, too. My mom was like, oh wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what it meant. I'm like, yeah, this this is what these dudes doing. Like, J. Electronica is an ascendant.
2: Oh. Incredible.
1: He has this song with Russ.
2: I don't think I've heard it.
1: It's on his uh Chomp 2, one of his mixtapes. Oh my goodness. Him. Jay Electronica, and I think Big Sean.
0: Mm,
1: I have not. Listen to it. That dude be going crazy. Which one were you listening to? Which uh, album? The, his first album? The one with Jay-Z? Oh. No,
2: no, 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 no. The one that's on Apple Music. Uh, the Written Testimony? The Written,
1: written testimony. testimony, yeah. Yeah.
2: And just, like, the beats that he chooses to rap over, like... I know there's He has a song Where he raps over Like a movie score <laughs> And I'm like What? How do you make this Sound so amazing Beautiful and wonderful oh, man
1: incredible. And then I do Some research on him And he's like Married to one of The Rothschilds The what? Yes He's married to One of the Rothschilds You know that rich family Everybody's always Talking about oh, He's really? married to One of them Yes I'm like what? And then he also Has a baby with Erica Badu
2: Yeah, I know that. I'm like, like, yo,
1: he's just up up echelon.
2: He's an incredible artist.
1: Yes, okay. We got to wrap it up. One last question. Would you prefer trust or love? Trust or love?
2: That is a really difficult question because I feel like you can't have one. But I think love is sweet it is but i'm gonna have to go with trust because we're talking about relationships right i feel like you can't be content in any relationship if there's no trust mm. if there's no trust
1: interesting because i agree and it's kind of like a trick question like you like you're saying yeah. because trust is the genesis of love to me yeah. One of the genesis of yeah, love. Because love can start from many places. But without, trust becomes love. Like yeah, when you true. trust someone and then you get that chemistry like we were talking yeah. about earlier, eventually it leads to love. Whether that's friendship love, family love, yeah, relational love, you know, intimacy. State. Yes. To open up to be vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. That's deep. I appreciate you so much for coming through. Thank you for having me. Guru Tola Wale. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
2: you. Thank you.
1: All right, guys. Peace.